Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, guys. We have an amazing episode for you today. And my guest is Dr. Mindy Pels. And unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know who she is. Dr. Mindy and I's paths have crossed a number of times now this year, and she never fails to inspire, educate, entertain the whole nine yards. And I'm very grateful that I can call her a friend. And Dr. Mindy is just, she's the real deal. What you see is what you get. So before we jump into this episode, a couple, a little bit of housekeeping as usual. Of course, as always, I want to thank you for being here and please make sure that you leave us a review if you're feeling inspired by this episode, because that's how we get seen and how the podcast reaches more people and make sure to visit natnidham.com, my website, which is where you can sign up for the newsletter. You can find out about BSP, the Mighty Network's private membership community that I run and all the other good things. All right. First off, I do want to take a quick minute to talk to you about this product called MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition. You know that I've been taking this for a few months now, and I love this stuff. It is the first product to offer a precise dose of urolithin A to support mitophagy as well as increase cellular energy. So for those of you who haven't listened to this before, why is mitophagy important? Turns out that mitochondria become damaged and dysfunctional over time, which leads to the production of harmful byproducts and the disruption of normal cellular function. Mitophagy is the process that helps maintain healthy mitochondria by eliminating these damaged ones, allowing for the proper functionings of cells and overall cellular health. Optimizing your cellular health is crucial for maintaining healthy tissues, organs, and systems in our body. This is where MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition comes in. They have three ways to get your daily dose of 500 milligrams of your lithin A. There's delicious vanilla protein powder, which if you've listened to me again, uh, you know that I love, which combines muscle building protein with the cellular energy of MitoPure. There's a berry or a ginger powder that easily mixes into smoothies or any drink, or even I love it in my yogurt in the morning. And finally, they have soft gels for travel. Personally, I would recommend that you start with the starter pack that'll allow you to try all three forms of MitoPure, and that way you can pick your favorite. Now, Timeline is offering 10% off your first order of MitoPure. All you have to do to get that is go to timelinenutrition.com forward slash NAT10 and use code NAT10 to get 10% off your order. All right, let's talk about the podcast. What happens to your gut microbiome during menopause? In this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast, I chat with Dr. Mindy Pels about the hormonal shifts that radically alter women's bodies and minds after 40. We discuss the impact of menopause, its potential consequences on weight gain, anxiety, and depression, and why understanding these changes is a cornerstone for wellness. She also explains the role of hormone replacement therapy and the significant lifestyle modifications necessary to accommodate this hormonal decline. Now, guys, you may not want to run for the hills at this point, because here's the thing. It's important to understand what's happening in the women in your life's lives, right? So this could be an interesting one for you as well. Now, Dr. Mindy also shares five crucial lifestyle changes that can make a world of difference during menopause. We tackle everything from fasting and cycling food intake to repairing the microbiome, detoxing, and the importance of rest. Moreover, we lift the veil on the microbiome and deliver practical steps on enhancing your gut health. Dr. Mindy Pels is a renowned holistic health expert and one of the leading voices in educating women about their bodies. And she is literally on a mission to start a women's health revolution. A native of LA, Dr. Mindy pursued her early passion for wellness at the University of Kansas, where she was a member of the tennis team and earned her Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology. Dr. Mindy's high-profile clients include entertainer Leanne Rimes, former race car driver Danica Patrick, as well as actress Kat Graham co-host of their joint podcast, Women United. I do think you're going to love this episode, folks. Dr. Mindy's just a gem. All right. One last thing before we jump in. I want to chat to you with you about Element, an electrolyte drink I'm absolutely obsessed with. All you have to do is like me is dump a packet into one and a half liters of water and sip on it throughout the day. 
to begin with, it helps you to drink more water because it tastes amazing. But in my case, it also ensures my electrolyte levels are always balanced, which it would do for you too. Balanced levels are important because they help you to regulate fluid balance, which helps with digestion, circulation, as well as temperature regulation. It helps to maintain the body's pH balance, which is vital for enzyme activity, biochemical reactions, as well as optimizing nerve and muscle function. Whew, it's a mouthful. Now, it contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio. That's 1,000 milligrams of sodium to 200 milligrams of potassium to 60 milligrams of magnesium. But what's almost as important is that there's no junk. There's no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. So now right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. And in there, you get eight single serving packets free with any Element order, which is a great way to try all eight flavors or share your Element with a salty friend. You just get yours at drinkelement.com forward slash nat. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinkelement.com forward slash nat. Now to spell element, that's L-M-N-T. There's no ease there. Element also offers a no questions asked refunds policy. Try it risk-free. If you don't like it, you can share it with a salty friend and Element will give you your money back. No questions asked. You literally have nothing to lose. Okay, now let's jump into this episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am so stoked about today's guest, Dr. Mindy Pels. Welcome, welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. Oh my God, you said that. So that just flowed out of your mouth. I love it. And I'm so excited to be here. I, I would sign me up to chat with you any day. So really excited to be here. Oh, thank you. For those of you who don't know, Bev and I were at an event together in Sarasota in J July of last year, this yes. year, just a few yeah. months ago. And that was about two weeks before I packed up my house of 23 years and moved. And in spite of like having that hanging over my head, I just had the best time talking to you. Like you, Thank Mindy, you. Dr. Mindy, for those, the few of you who may not know who she is, and you will within the next hour, learn a lot about this woman and why you need to know her, have such an incredible energy. And, um, mm. you know, knowledge is great. Information's amazing. All that stuff. You're writing a great book. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's your energy and your presence that I think is just so magnetic and mm. uh, people want to be you. around you. So Thank you for Thank agreeing you. to be on the show. And we are going to talk today about, no, for those of you who know Mindy well, and you've heard her talk on fasting, <laughs> stay with us because we're not actually, I mean, we might mention fasting here and there. Mention it. That's not what today is. Today, we're digging into another bucket of wisdom in the Mindy Pell's world. And we're going to talk about lifestyle after 40. We're going to talk about hormones and neurotransmitters and their effect on the on women's brain. I mean, I'm sure there's a story for men too, but you know, I think we're going to may probably focus on the girls for today. But yeah, yeah. on that note, I'm going to turn it over to you, Mindy. Let's let's yeah. talk about these hormones and neurotransmitters in our brains. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I do want to address the men for a moment because I, I'm getting a lot of questions of like, well, why aren't you talking about men and don't men go through menopause? And, and this is no disrespect to men, but the resources for men just in health in general are much more, um, there's robust than the resources for women. And it really is sad. And a lot of what we need to know is that at 40, we have a massive hormonal shift that happens to us. And if you're not aware of that, you start thinking the weight gain is your issue, you know, your problem, you're not being disciplined enough. You think the anxiety is because of circumstances in your life. You think the depression is because you need to go on to an antidepressant because your teenage kids perhaps are, are putting you through or you, you maybe you launched them into the world. Like we start internalizing the hormonal changes and what I'm trying to do now and it post fast like a girl launch is really bring to the surface. Hey, we are going through a neurochemical, massive neurochemical shift that has us losing two major sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And those two sex hormones 
stimulated six different neurotransmitters. So in in essence, you are losing eight neurochemicals as you go through menopause. No wonder you don't feel like yourself. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the, and the difficulty and the importance of your work is bringing this to light because the challenge is not enough women know this, not enough medical doctors have dug into it and either acknowledge it or share it with their patients. And our age old way of communicating things that from mother to daughter, from aunts to, to nieces, from grandmothers to daughters, whatever it may be, is breaking down. Like our mothers also got no support at this time of their life. Yeah. And, and, a, and a third time, nobody even talked about it. And no. they, and they just, you know, grit their teeth, suffered through it and, and came out the other side. And for the most part, at least my mom, I don't think hormone replacement therapy was even an option for her really. No. So no. it's, it's, it's a, it's at a point now where if the medical system isn't equipped or doesn't have the bandwidth or, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but if the medical system is not able to step up and fill this, this need for information and clarity so that pe- women can start to understand, to your point, not your fault, you're not doing anything wrong. I used to say to my clients, look, you become insulin resistant and you didn't get a memo. No, so, yeah, so, right? exactly. That's, that's what people say. Yeah. They, they're like these women, they come to you, they look down, they're like, yeah. I do not... I don't recognize me. Like, who is this body? What is it? And I haven't changed anything. I'm still doing my crazy workouts. I'm still eating the same things. What the heck? Never mind the fact that they can't remember what they ate yesterday because their brain's gone to heck. That's right. (laughs) And then what we do in that scenario is we work harder. We're like, oh, I'm gaining weight. So I need to work out even more. I need to diet even more. And we don't realize that now that's raising cortisol, causing these, these eight neurochemicals to tank even more. So, you know, the big message I'm trying to get out is at 40, there is a massive lifestyle change that needs to happen to match the decline of hormones. And I think what's happening in the cultural conversation right now is we are getting some like people saying, oh, we should start looking at HRT, which and BHRT. I'm not opposed to that, but I can tell you that that's not going to be this, the end all be all. No, so it's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. And your hormones are supposed to decline you know, at 55, you should not have the same amount of estradiol that you had at 25. Mm-hmm. And estradiol stimulates every single organ system. It, it, it stimulates so many neurotransmitter uh, reactions in the brain. So you, even if you're doing all the external stuff, you still have to deal with this diminishing uh, neurochemical system. And that's what I think needs to be brought to light. So let's talk about the neurochemicals. Let's, you know, we we're throwing around the big words and people are sitting yes. there going, okay, I don't, I, I mean, they may know how to spell it, but they're like, what are they talking about? Exactly? Yeah, right. Okay. So, <laughs> so this is the best way to explain it is you have three forms of estrogen. You have estradiol, estriol, and estrone. Estradiol, I call her a diva. Like she was like so wickedly powerful and she's shown up for us, you know, since we started our period and she's done so much magic in us. And you need a powerful form of estrogen to release an egg. Mm -hmm. So when you no longer have the need to release an egg, you no longer have the need for estradiol. So it is that form of estrogen that is going away. But what nobody told you is that estradiol stimulated dopamine, serotonin, acetylcholine, glutamate, oxytocin, and BDNF. That's a lot So let's go through what those do. Dopamine gives you motivation. So estradiol is gone. Your motivation may go down. We see this a lot where women don't want to work out as much. Uh, Estradiol stimulated serotonin. So all of a sudden you're walking around depressed. You're like, I don't know why I'm not happy. I, I saw this so much in my clinic where people would, women would show up and they'd be like, on paper, my life looks amazing and I'm just depressed all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's because of that loss of estradiol. Acetylcholine helps you hold on to new information. Um, Glutamate helps your stress reaction. So keeping glutamate in balance will help with your ability to react to stress. Uh, um, uh, BDNF, 
BDNF. Yeah, BDNF, it creates new neural pathways. And so it's not necessarily a neurotransmitter, but it is a steroid that will help increase and a protein that increases pathways. And then oxytocin makes you feel connected to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So think about like taking all of that away leads to depression, memory loss, motivation challenges. Um, You don't, you feel disconnected. Um, It's, I call it the neurochemical armor. It sheds yeah, and we're left exposed without, uh, without even a conversation to have. And, and then on top of that, progesterone stimulates GABA, which calms us. So one of the ways I started to study this is the most common time for a woman to commit suicide is 45 to 55. No kidding. That's crazy. If you think about that, that is not a teenager who just didn't understand life. That is a mother, a grandmother, a community member why is this decade the most common time to commit suicide? And it's because these neurochemicals have completely gone away and, and nobody's talking about it. And even slatching and slapping on an HRT patch is still not going to be the end all be all answer. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there needs to be a greater conversation around it. There needs to be, you know, and as you're going through these changes, you know, let's not forget, especially after 45, getting close to 50, you know, all the extra pressure on your life. You may have teenagers, you may have aging parents, you're married and it, for, for women in marriages and with families, let's say your, your relationship's been, you know, you've been at it for 20, 30 years, whatever it is, you know, there's stress, natural stresses and strains of life that you're having to deal with. Yeah. At the same time as all of this is happening. And if you have no concept that a piece of it is underlying and compromising your ability to cope with this other stuff, there's also this I this thing that I see, which is self-blame, where they don't yes. women don't even want to talk about it, right? Because they feel responsible. No. And like you said originally, like, you know, people will think, I just have to eat less and I have to move more and I have to and they and they end up beating themselves into exhaustion, which yeah. compounds the issue. So so let's talk a little bit about some of these lifestyle changes and like what are the signs? So the signs are lack of motivation, kind of can't get you've lost your get up and go. You're feeling a little bit yep. more depressed and anxious. I mean, you know, and and trying to tease that away from the real world gets yeah it's a tough one days, yeah. let's just yeah. say sometimes Agreed. there's a reason to be stressed and yeah. anxious and whatever but if that but if it's an undercurrent that defines your days on an ongoing basis i think those are the signs we want to start looking out for yeah yeah the depression part it, what i call it is lack of joy because mm-hmm. i think depression has this stigma to it what i noticed in my own self and in talking to so many women Um, is they just don't have the joy they used to have. Things that used to excite them doesn't excite them anymore. So that's how I'm able to weed it apart is like, oh, I kind of have this observation that, you know what? This situation used to really excite me and I'm just not excited about it. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of meh. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's one of the one of the big things when we talk about depression, the memory loss. I just want to point out that there's all this talk about dementia and Alzheimer's. And there's also sort of an underlying current of like, oh, yeah, menopause brain. We kind of laugh about it or um, I'm getting older. I can't remember. No, I can tell you that at 54, I have better memory now than I did at 44 because I changed my lifestyle and I worked and we'll go through these lifestyle pieces in a moment. Um, The oxytocin is really interesting. I'd be curious if what your experience with this is. Um, I have felt a lot more inward as I've gone through menopause. Um, I love my friends. I love my family. I love connecting, but I find myself not not going out and wanting to to crave it all the time. And a part of me wonders if that's because of low oxytocin. We also can see changes in uh, in women's orgasms um, because oxytocin, so they don't have as strong as an orgasm. And that's just low estradiol leading to low oxytocin. So I just want to normalize all that so people understand that it's not them and we don't turn on ourselves for that one. Yeah, 100%. And so let's talk a little bit about, so what do we do about it, right? So as you said, look, BHRT is powerful. It can be a really great tool in the toolkit 
I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a big advocate for it. I use it. I've been on it for a number of years. It's been the big equalizer for me. For me, I feel like it gives me a a level platform from which to optimize. Right. Yes. It's the beginning. Oh, that's well said. Not the solution. Yeah. Um, well said. Right. Yeah. So if you can steady the ship a little bit, now it's like, okay, what else do I need to do? Um, right. So maybe let's. So- yeah, so let's go through the the in the menopause reset the book that is it's out now. You can go and read the details of it. Um, I lay out five lifestyle changes that I think every woman should make around forty, and the five are you should learn to fast, and um, because estrogen makes you the loss of estradiol makes you more insulin resistant. So mm-hmm. the diet you do at forty five or the diet, let's put it this way, the diet you did at 25 to help keep yourself in great shape doesn't work at 45. You are more insulin resistant. Fasting is the best way to get yourself out of insulin resistance. Then I think we have to learn to cycle our food. So we do really well with low carb to clean up the estrogen system, but then we have to have days of high carb to support progesterone. So that was really fast like a girl. I, I talk all about that. So I won't, I won't go into all that detail. Yeah. The third, the third one is our microbiome. And this one's really mm-hmm. interesting because we have a set of bacteria that breaks down estrogen primarily. And if our microbiome is off, we're not breaking the hormones down. So you can do as many bioidenticals as you want. Um, and I mean, I think this is where the creams and the patches are pretty helpful because they bypass the gut, but you need to break down estrogen. Otherwise it gets stored in your tissues and that comes from the, from the gut. So repairing your microbiome. Um, and then the, the fourth one is detoxing because the, the hypothalamus in the brain is a big part of our brain that accumulates toxins. It doesn't have a blood brain barrier. So all of the heavy metals, all of the plastics, all of the glyphosate, like, you know, all the, the endocrine disruptors in your favorite lotions, all of that is really imperative that you clean that system up. And then the last one is what I call the, well, I don't call it, Dr. Libby Weaver called it the rushing woman syndrome. Mm. Unfortunately, we have to rest more as we go through these years. And that's, that's the part that you and I talked about in the beginning where, you know, we look at our mothers and we're like, well, they didn't have to worry about all of this stuff, but they didn't have social media. My Mm -hmm. mom wasn't trying to drive a corporate job at 49. She definitely wasn't an entrepreneur. Um, And so she had a, her pace of life was way different than we're seeing in the late forties, early fifties now. And that's also flaring up these symptoms. So those are the five that I think have to be changed. And then, and we can, we can discuss that in more detail. And then I've come up with, um, and I don't know how many, it's around 20 different, what I call microdoses, little things you can do to help your brain. And we can go into that where you pull them out of a toolbox when you need them. But it starts with those five lifestyle changes. That's where the whole menopausal journey should start. Yeah, 100%. What about changing um, the type of exercise that people do? Because yeah. I think, right, like that, that grind it out kind of, high intensity, long duration exercise, all of a sudden starts, it turns on us, right? Yes. It's like it spikes the cortisol, it exhausts you. And it's a yeah. little bit to your point where recovery becomes more important and exercise as it turns out next to fasting is the next best way. Like smart exercise is the next best way to improving your insulin sensitivity. Yeah. And, and also producing neurochemicals that can help to bring you out of some of these slumps. And the problem with exercise, of course, if you've lost your motivation is you can't get to the gym and you can't get to the gym. So you can't drive all these benefits. So it becomes a bit of a vicious circle. Yes. Um, and we don't have as much collagen. So as estrogen goes down, so does collagen. And so you're, you're going to get injured a lot more and, and you're going to notice that injuries linger. So right. yes, to your point, the marathon running needs to stop the Spartan racing, the crossfitting. I saw this in my clinic so much women in their early fifties, late forties that were just oh, getting yeah. so injured from these extreme workouts. And I was like, can you, can you balance that? And they're like, no, it's keeping my weight where I want it to be. I'm like, yeah, but you can't walk. So it's, it's like this funny thing. So here's what I found in the current research that I'm doing for the book I'm writing right now. And I think this applies to, to both mental and physical. 
When we look at what stimulates the 5-HT2A receptor site for serotonin that keeps us happy, when we look at what stimulates BDNF that keeps our brain, uh, our, our neurons in, a, in an alert state to hold on to information, when we look at creating new neuronal pathways um, that will improve neuroplasticity, there are three things you have to look at with exercise based off science. One is intensity. So intensity matters. You do have to do high intensity, but not for two hours. Mm -hmm. You do it for like a hit training for 15 minutes where you're, you're going, bringing your heart rate up and down. We do this in my reset Academy on Saturday mornings. I lead a workout where we'll do 45 seconds on of like, use an example as like a jumping jack. You would do as fast as you can jumping jack for 45 seconds and then pause for 15 seconds. And then maybe you do a a jumping lunge for 45 seconds and then pause for 15 seconds. And if you do this um, for 15 minutes, you're not only helping that receptor site, but you're also improving growth hormone, which helps with weight loss. So, so that's one, that's one. The second one is weightlifting. The breakdown of heavy muscle of uh, with heavy weights, that metabolite actually goes up into the brain and stimulates neuroplasticity and BDNF. And the more muscle you have, the more insulin receptor sites you have. So you're helping yourself with insulin sensitivity. And then the third component of exercise that everybody needs to follow is it just, those two things have to be done consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, it, you can't just decide to do one, one week, three weeks later, do another one. Like you have to have a consistent piece. Um, and then actually I would throw in, I'm finding some new information on, um, yoga for balancing cortisol levels, uh, going out a, a hike in nature balances yeah. cortisol levels. And anytime you balance cortisol, you help all these neurochemicals get better. Yeah. So a variation of that for me, I do hit training twice a week. I do yoga once a week. I go for a hike once a week. I lift weights once a week. Like I have, I try to incorporate all of those in my 54 year old body. Yeah, no, and at a hundred percent. And I was waiting for you to get to the mobility piece, right? Which is the yeah. yoga, um, because that maintaining, there's a guy on, on Instagram. I don't, I can't remember his name right now, but he talks about stay buttery. And ah, it's about like that. it's about maintaining the mobility through the joints and through the fascia that allows us. And and you know who was it that I was just talking to, referring to fascia as an organ? Oh um, yeah, right. And oh, so yeah. we and this is where you know this is where like you guys you know you could be doing BHRT and your hormones could be perfect, but if you're not also using your body and giving your body the signals that you want your brain to be neuroplastic. You want your brain to keep working. You need your muscles to keep moving. The the body's like so smart. It's not going to maintain metabolically expensive bits if it doesn't think it needs them. Like it's just Yeah, it gets rid of them. Yeah, that's well said. And, and I think there's a couple of ways we can look at this. You know, let's, let's use myself as an example. Yesterday, I was just a little blue. I was like, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of depressed. And then I, at like five o'clock at night, I decided to start lifting some weights and I did a really quick, like 20 minute weightlifting. And I tell you after that, I wasn't depressed. I was like 20 minutes later, I was feeling better. So that's where we go to pull in a tool that's quick. And that's why I call it a microdose. It's a small little tool that you bring in of this incredible lifestyle hack. It doesn't have to be big, but what would have my other choice been? If I was depressed, I might've at five o'clock. Yeah. I probably would have gone to a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, Or I would have yelled at at my, my husband or my family, or I would have assigned it to something else. But instead I was like, okay, I need to stimulate the 5-HT2A receptor site. I need (laughs) to get some BDNF. And let me see how I'm doing 20 minutes later. And sure enough, 20 minutes later, I was good. Yeah. So ladies, you don't need to remember any of these terms. Just know that exercise <laughs> is going to make you feel better. And it and it depends on the person, right? So for you, yeah. it was lifting weights. For somebody else, it might be grab your dog, go for a walk. For somebody exactly. else, like you need to find your dose. I mean, there's no doubt that 
that that push that that spike of intensity it's almost like it's like you know what it's like when you're something happens to your dog and you watch and they shake it off they do like a nervous yes. system reset yep. Yep. so there's that there's that intensity of movement that allows them to reset and for many of us we need that intensity to experience the reset but if you've been sedentary for a really long time you might not have it in you to do something as intense as let's say Mindy or myself yeah find your thing and and learn to tap into it like we almost have to encourage each other to develop our toolkit beyond yes beyond the glass of wine memes i mean thank god i either i'm not calling them in anymore or they don't show up <laughs> as much anymore well, but for a while it's all you could see yeah a middle-aged yeah. woman with her bottle of wine and her glass of wine and and i don't not to be judgy but the reality the scientific reality of the effect of wine on us especially at this juncture is such an it's so opposed to what we're trying to achieve yeah yeah. And you bring up a really good point. And, and I too will say like, I, I love wine. We have, we, in my house, we are foodies. We love pairing food with wine. It's a very social thing. Um, but what I do know is that every time I drink a glass of wine, I'm not breaking down estrogen that mm-hmm. the liver cannot break down estrogen. So I already have the most minimal amount of estrogen I've ever had in my entire life. So if I'm having a glass of wine every night, I'm shutting off breakdown. And if the liver can't break it down, it'll push it into tissues where it stores it and it'll store it around the belly. It'll store it in the breast. It'll store it in the brain. So it, it, again, everything in moderation, but we have to make, if we could find some new tools that will help women in those moments, that's not the glass of wine. That's really helpful. Exactly. Like switch the default, right? Just switch and, and be aware of it. Toolkit. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Okay. So we talked about a little bit about exercise. Let's talk a little bit about one of the other, you had, you had five things. So the microbiome to me is really interesting, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, the microbiome, it's the great frontier. It's yes. the research yeah. is still new. There's still so much we don't know. And yet we learn something every day. And yeah. so what, what is it that women can actually do? Like what, how can they pay attention to this? Well, um, it, I, this is such a good conversation around the a microbiome because the first is if you're not fasting, you should learn to fast because even short fasts, like 13 to 15 hours change the whole microbial environment, which is amazing. So mm-hmm. what happens when the microbial, when we have like gut dysbiosis is the fancy term is that you have that inner lining of your intestinal tract is not well, it's not blocking toxins and undigested foods out. So it's like, it would be like if somebody came to your house and took a scissor and and started cutting your screen door, the flies could get in. That's what leaky gut and that mucosal membrane. So you have that. Then you have a mismatch of bad bacteria compared to good bacteria. And those bad bacteria are like bullies and they cause you to crave things like sweets and alcohol and all kinds of, and you know, all breads, all the things that are not great for you. And then you've got something where they call it microbial um, geographical location where the microbes stick together. Mm. And when they start to stick together, when you are eating even good food, you can't absorb B vitamins or pull B vitamins out. You need those microbes to be uh, stretched out. So with that in mind, fasting on a regular basis repairs the inner lining of your gut. It gets rid of the bad guys and it forces the relocation of these microbes. So they're more spread out. So that's the first step. The second step is now we got to feed the good guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, one of my favorite things is when you come in after fasting, do some bone broth to really get that glycine to improve the inner lining and then put in the polyphenol probiotic prebiotic foods. So these are you know, berries can be, have are high in polyphenol. Olives are high. Chocolate is high in polyphenol foods. I, I list them all out in the, in Fast dark, Like a Girl. To be clear, dark chocolate, not dark your chocolate. Milk, chocolate, dairy milk, whatever. Yeah. Like, not to like single out real, dairy milk, but, but real. Yeah. Like real 80%. Chocolate. I try to get 80% um, yeah. dark chocolate Yeah, and without sugar. If you can, there, there are brands that are like that. Um, and then nuts and seeds, 
um, are really, and flax seeds are great. Like one of my um, favorite things to break a fast with is a half of an avocado with some sauerkraut on top, sprinkled with flax seeds on top of that. Um, and so then now I've got the seeds for the prebiotic. I've got the probiotic rich sauerkraut and I've got a fat. Um, and that's how I can really take good care of my microbiome as I come out of a, like even a, a short fast, like a 13 to 15 hour fast. Yeah. So we got to be really intentional about that. And the last thing I'll say on this is that the other thing is stop eating the same foods over and over and over again. Yeah, such a good point. <laughs> like you've got a uh, you've got a you've got an ecosystem down there that needs to be fed and if you eat the same foods over and over again you're keeping some of a, of them alive and killing the rest yeah no i love that well actually on the length of fast because when you said fast i'm sure that there's a bunch of people and i mean people now the listeners now they know fasting they but but still there's still so many people you say the word fast and they kind of lose their breath and they're like so I can't interesting fast. yeah but but when we talk about a 13 to 14 hour fast what we're talking about is not it's not this draconian stop eating for five day program, which ironically, like CrossFit, may start working against you if you're not properly prepped for it and you're not in the right space for it physically and mentally. But we're talking about spreading the time between the last bite of food of the day and the first bite of food of the next day. And yeah. and and I am, a, and I don't know how you feel about this because I haven't spent enough time with your book, but I'm a big proponent of people stopping eating earlier so that they can eat breakfast with protein a little earlier in the day. Like I see so many women delaying their meal till noon or two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I'm like, once in a while, yes, but ugh, your cortisol, like it's, it, you know, the, the risk of, of spiking a catabolic hormone, which is cortisol, which catabolic, meaning it's going to break things down instead of nourishing your body and getting that, that feeling of safety and getting the protein in so that you can eat less in the later in the day might be Oh yeah. I think the that we're always best to try to eat when it's light out in mm. the daylight. Yeah. So right. because anytime it's dark, you've got melatonin coming in, which makes you more insulin resistant. Um, I, and so I do like, I think of it like an eating window. If you have an eight hour eating window, just decide where you're going to put it just, or, or maybe it's a 10 hour eating window. But the hardest part about people eating at the front part of the day is that all of a sudden at nine o'clock at night, they're hungry because they didn't eat. They stopped eating at four or five mm -hmm. and now they're hungry. So you have to just be, have a plan for what yeah. are you going to do when the hunger's, you know, a lot of night eaters out there. So, yeah, but sure. yeah, anytime you eat and during the daylight, you're, you're going to, that food is going to become more well um, uh, integrated into your body. A hundred percent. Well, I often talk to people about, and I'm sure you do this too, is like you, it's a wedge that you're gradually going to grow, right? Yeah. So you don't go from eating from a 20 hour eating window to a 10 hour eating window overnight. It's going to be a process no. of re-educating yourself on, first of all, what to eat, how to eat and when to eat. And gradually exactly. you're going to shorten that eating window till you get to that sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. Works for you. It, I, I have, we've, we've watched millions of people fast in our online community. No, it, Everybody can do it. And the most important thing to know is that it's a healing state you're putting your body in, much like sleep. So everybody will, would agree sleep is important, um, but not everybody can sleep. So yeah. just because it's important doesn't mean you can do it effortlessly. Talk to any menopausal woman. Yeah. Fasting's the same way, right? Fasting's the same way. Just because it's a healing state, it's not like not everybody can just jump into 13 hours of fasting every day and be like, this is easy peasy. So there is a training process. And I, and again, I talk about that in fast, like a girl, For sure. um, the training, but don't beat yourself up. I hear a lot of women go, well, I can't fast or my doctor told me not to fast. Fasting is a healing state. You just have to find what works best for you. So keep yeah. playing with that eating window until you get it. A hundred percent. And, 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 you know, reframing it as a healing state from a depth, from a state of deprivation yes. psychologically changes the conversation, even in your own head, right? Yes. As you're, yes. I can't eat, I'm not allowed to eat. I won't eat to, I'm allowing my body the time and the space to do the repair work that it needs to do without having to worry about processing stuff. 
Yes, so exactly. It's, it's, you um, got it. You know, be more compassionate with yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay, what else? Detoxification. Let's talk about this because detoxification is another one of these hot topics. It's like a hot potato yes. because you get half the world that's like, you need to support. And, and I think part of it is semantics, right? People are like, I'm detoxing my body versus I'm supporting my body's ability to de detoxify. I'm creating an environment in which my body's detoxification processes can be optimized and function. And yeah. you get it, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there like, oh yeah, that whole detoxification thing, it's a bunch of bull. And I'm like, yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so here's the, here, let's make it easy because there, you can get down so many paths with detox. Mm -hmm. There's two most important things that you do that you can do today. The first is know your toxic environment. So I'm a big fan of using some of the apps like Think, uh, Think Dirty is a great app that you can scan all your beauty products and see what the, how toxic they are. You, you, they get, gives you a score. You'd like to keep it under like a four, um, yeah. for, for just overall health and specifically looking at what it does to the reproductive system, mm -hmm. because that's your hormonal system. So there's one skin deep is another one you can use, but I always say go around and just look at everything in your home environment primarily because you're there so much. Look at what you're putting on your skin. That's a great place to start. Um, then you also have to get to know ingredients. Start reading ingredients. If you don't understand, if you can't pronounce a word, it's probably a chemical. Or go to the ingredients that don't have, or those foods that don't have a label, like an apple. Um, if it doesn't have a label, it's they haven't put a lot of synthetic ingredients in it. Um, and then like Environmental Working Group has some some things you can look at your household cleaners. I mean, everything from your laundry detergent to your dishwasher soap, all of that matters because everything that I just said is an estrogen mimicker mm -hmm. and estrogen mimickers, they will occupy, go into the cell and act like estrogen and your body thinks it has estrogen. And so it stops making as much estrogen. So you end up with lower estrogen than you needed and you're already losing you know, estrogen. So we need to get these mimickers out of our body. So the first step is really taking a firm analysis of where you are in your toxic environment. Hey folks, have you heard about Berkeley Life's new product? It's called Cognitive Support and it is centered around naturally optimizing your cognitive slash brain health. This new supplement is designed to support key brain functions like processing speed, psychomotor speed, sustained attention, and even composite and verbal memory. In other words, it makes you smarter. The best part, it's a natural stimulant-free formula that has been thoroughly researched and backed by science. Now, when you combine cognitive support with Berkeley Life's nitric oxide foundation, you are in for an incredible cognitive support. Because the two work seamlessly together to deliver essential ingredients like alpinina galanga, sulforaphane, and lutein efficiently to the brain, enhancing cognitive performance to its full potential with zero concern of caffeine crash or jitters. Now, you can access Berkeley Life Cognitive Support by going to berkeleylife.com and use practitioner code NIDDBL to place your order today. And now let's get back to the episode. I love that you mentioned um, household cleaning products. Um, the woman who, the angelic woman who comes and makes my house sparkle once a week. I'm so <laughs> grateful for her. Oh my God. Um, she will go to the dollar store and buy the tiniest little bottle of bleach because she knows that I don't allow bleach into my house. Like I'm yes. like, you, I don't care if the house smells like the biggest salad on the planet, use vinegar, use whatever you want no bleach. Anyway, she insisted on using bleach. And we recently discovered that it was causing her to have these horrible, like, um, breakdowns where I would find her, I, it happened a couple of times. I found her asleep on wow. the floor in the living room and she, she wow. had these massive headaches and she finally went to see a neurologist. And it turns out that not only was she buying little bitty bottles of bleach for my house, but she was using it at home constantly, um, and barefoot. Oh and gosh. she was, toxifying her body. Like she was literally, it was acting as a neurotoxin in her system. So Crazy. it's, you know, people kind of poo poo, like even the, the cash register slips. Oh coded, yeah. Right. And so, and, and the low hanging fruit people, because you can control your home environment, the low hanging fruit is there's so many options now 
in household yeah. cleaning products and personal care products and all of those things. And I love that you brought this up as the first point of detoxification, which yeah. is what can we remove before we have to like do a bunch of stuff or buy yeah. a bunch of things or add a bunch of things? Because it's the step that I think we often, we forget too often is yeah. what can we take away as a burden yeah. to the body? And then we can talk about the next steps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's really easy to see on like social media, somebody be like, Hey, you know, dr take this supplement and, and it'll detox you. And it's like, no, we let's, let's create a foundation first of a, of a toxic free life. And <laughs> before you waste money on any, any supplement. So that's usually the first. And then the second one is keeping the detox pathways open. Yes. So this, this is movement. Are you moving every day? Are you sweating on a regular basis? I just had a really interesting, um, I got, in fact, I just realized I got to email this woman. We had a woman email us after I had gone on diary of a CEO and I had explained in that podcast how we should look at our arms and see if we under our underarms and see if we have a pit or a puff. If you have a puff, it's, it's lymph that's getting stuck and it's no lymph stuck that's kidding. around your breast. So I, I've been, I shared this on this major podcast and this woman went, listened to the podcast. This is the power of podcasting. Went into the mirror, was like, oh my God, I have a puff. Went to her doctor and ended up running some blood tests. Turned out she had cancer. She had, and, and she caught it early enough that they're going to be able to help her, but that her lymph was literally stagnant and they're not moving and she had wow. cancer. And now they're, she was like so grateful that she had had that tool. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, again, let's look, are you mobilizing these toxins? Are you getting them out of you, out of you? Cause that's massively important. That's incredible. And you know, the lymphatic system, it's kind of like in the lymphatic system, the fascia, these are like the forgotten totally forgotten of our system. Yeah. And to move lymph, actually, it can be really sophisticated, like, you know, getting into one of these pressure suits and, and having this crazy pressure applied to your whole body. It could be jumping up and down on a rebounder. It yes. could be bouncing on the spot like a few yep. times it could be there's actually this really cool little device made by the company that makes the flow presso which is one of those oh, yeah. crazy suits that you get wrapped up into and it's called the flow vibrate have you seen it yes i it's, love I it mean, i love it's it hilarious it's hilarious so as soon as you whip it out people are like why you that you shouldn't you that should be for your bedroom it's like no 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 yeah, right it's for moving lymph <laughs> yes it's really it's, smart it's this cute yeah. little handheld thing and you can actually hold it at all these different lymph points, including under your arms to get things moving. And it's that pathway of detoxification that we naturally have that I think becomes stagnant in so many of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these are simple. I mean, this is why when detox comes up, I think detox can be expensive. It can be complicated and it can be exhausting mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, if we're going to change women's health, we have to have resources that everybody can do. We, you know, we can't, I was recently in Europe and just having a discussion with um, several women from all over the world. And the general premise here in America is that you have to have money to, to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And whatever you do, make sure you don't land in the hospital because you could go bankrupt from all of the, the costs of being in the hospital. Okay. That's horrible. Let's just yeah. start there. Yeah. It's horrible, yeah. but, um, Talk about but, stress. <laughs> right. But it, it, it means it's your responsibility and knowing how to move your lymph, knowing how to minimize your toxins, no matter what country you live in can be very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, but if you're lacking motivation there, think of your future self. Like think of the fact that you don't want to end up in the hospital. Think of how you're saving yourself money by switching to natural cleaning ingredients in your house, even though they may be ex more expensive when you purchase it, but what you're saving is the medical bill you might get. And I know, you know, in Canada, you guys don't have that as much, but but here it's a big problem. Yeah, we we don't have the big bills necessarily, but we have a system that's kind of crumbling at our feet. So yeah. in some ways it's almost worse because you, you in the States, 
you can at least do a GoFundMe and raise the money and go get your treatment if you had to. Yes, <laughs> and that's in Canada, true. In some ways, you, I mean, you need to then have enough resources to go somewhere else to get your treatment yeah. if you need it fast. Yeah. Anyway, and like, suffice was, to say, the pain and the misery of being sick, I think ask any sick person if 10 years ago you could have done things differently and we could have guaranteed, and there's no guarantees in life, but if 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 people knew that who someone who's very very sick had known ten years ago that they could change a few things and maybe decrease the chances of them ending up where they were, they would probably go with that. And I think a big part of what we try to do is communicate to people like you do have an an influence on how your health is going to progress. You do right. have control over the outcome within reason. And definitely, even if you're going to get sick, if your system is healthier. If your lymph is moving, if all those things are moving, you'll have a better chance and, a be and an easier road path to getting better. That's right. That's right. And I think that's the most important thing is that all these little steps make a big difference and they may feel little, but they will make a big difference, not only on how you feel today and the body you get to live in and the way your brain works, but they will make a big difference in what, what diseases you get down the road. And mm -hmm. I think one of the, the, the things that our healthcare system worldwide has done a, um, an injustice is that we have got this belief that if I have a problem, I take a pill, I do a surgery, the problem goes away. But what's happening is there's too many physical, emotional, chemical stressors now that that type of healthcare system does not exist anymore. So if you didn't get the memo that that form of healthcare system is not there to save you anymore, hopefully this is the memo. So you've got to learn how to take responsibility for yourself. And it's a process. And you, and I love this idea of personalized healthcare. You're mm -hmm. going to find your path. Somebody listening to this may have been on 10 rounds of antibiotics and they need to do the fasting with the, the polyphenol probiotic prebiotic food combination. Somebody else has been bleaching their house and just heard what you had to say and is like, oh my God, I need to change that. So the other thing I would encourage everybody to do is we have to get out of this oh, my friend did it. Oh, my, you know, my, even my doctor told me I, to do it. Or even I heard on a podcast, we have to gather the information and then work that information for ourselves so that we, we can make sure we have a healthy path that's personalized. A hundred percent. And it's, and it's going to be what resonates for you. And, and look, you know, if you've been listening now for an hour, you, your head may be getting big going, okay, I don't even know where to begin, what to do. The good news is there are now so many incredible resources, like yeah. there's your books. And if the book is not enough, because again, even for some people, a book is great, but it still doesn't help them to take action. Yes. They still need, yeah. you need community support, like community is another massive piece, right? Massive. Of, of the puzzle. And so that's where you have your resetter programs and, and all of these different, different tools, depending on where you are in your journey and what you need that's going to help you to curate out of that big bucket. What are the things I need to do first? Right. And, and if you don't even have the resources for that, start with one thing. And, that's right. You know, like find your pain point, you know, like yeah. I have not moved my body in 20 years. Okay. This is your call to action. Go for a walk, you yeah. know, go for a walk after dinner. I love the idea that you don't need mo uh, motivation. You need momentum. So if you are all of a sudden realizing you haven't walked to your point, walk 20 minutes, three times a week, and now you have momentum and then you can add on to it from there. So I think that's like, think of whatever is going to allow you to create that momentum for yourself. Do that, do the easiest thing first. What I think we do is we do the hardest thing. We're like, oh, I haven't worked out. I'm going to train for a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to go run like the, you know, one of those, those breast cancer, you know, runs yeah. and walk a bazillion miles. And then we take these big things on and then we burn ourselves out. Whatever is going to give you momentum is the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when it comes to all these things, I think that creating community around yourself, whether it's your, your girlfriend or your family or, joining a program like yours, like whatever it is that allows you to build 
community because if your community still believes that a bottle of wine is the best answer to all the problems, yeah. you're going to get sucked right back into that. And that's that's, right. I, that's one of the things I find is the most difficult for people is that, and it, and it's not to beat up on wine, but I am going to beat up on wine because it's become such a central tenet to people can't even imagine their life without, without it yeah. as as yeah. that pillar of support. Um, yeah. And that's when, you know, it's like, you know, I can't get moving without five coffees in the morning. That's a problem. Coffee in and of itself isn't a bad thing. No. Right. But when it becomes the only thing that keeps you moving and functioning. That's right. Houston, there's a problem. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and and there was interesting. I don't know if you've watched this new Netflix series about the blue zones. Um, yeah. It's really fascinating because you'll you'll see a lot of what we're talking about is are the keys to longevity. And they profiled the very first one, of course, profiled Okinawa women, which was mm-hmm. really exciting because it's like, okay, what did these women do? Right? We yeah. we don't There's always a little profile women's women. research. Yeah, that's right. And one of the things was community. They actually have a phrase for it. It's called Moai, M O A I, and Moai is that as the women in their community got older, they came together and they shared resources. They shared financial resources. They shared the burdens of cooking. They shared, they collaborated together. Like they became more community centric the older they get. Okay. We don't do that. We, we toss aside our seniors. We're like, you're no longer useful to the, to the, to the culture. And we put them in, you know, put them in nursing homes and we isolate them. We need to do the opposite. We need to rally them together and raise them up as elders of our community. Mm-hmm. So there's a, we've really missed the mark on menopause and aging for women. And when you look at a culture like that, you go, well, that's so simple. How do I just gather my girlfriends and do a book club? Or how do I gather my girlfriends and, and decide to do a healthy path together? But community cannot be tossed aside. It is so massively important, especially for the menopausal woman. A hundred percent. As a matter of fact, I have a friend, a good friend whose mother slipped away from them, um, into dementia because she lived alone. Mm. And as her dementia set in, she became more and more isolated. She would isolate herself more and more. She kind of turned inward because social interaction became too difficult for her. And I believe, and I took them a long time to figure it out. And I think that there was an acceleration of the progression of her dementia in that time that she was by herself. Ironically, she is now having to be in a, in a care facility because, you know, she, it's hard to take care of her. Yeah. But she's in a care facility where not only did they decrease her meds, but they improved her social interaction and she's actually doing better than wow. she was. Right. Wow. So which we never think is a possibility. We don't think we think once somebody gets one of those li- labels, whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever the case may be, they're done. And the num- and done. as you yeah. alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, the stats are not good for women and partially driven by some of these hormonal changes. But I think that what we need to take away is that the lifestyle stuff that we've been talking about today, the community, the diet and the fasting, all the things, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you can stabilize and sometimes you can come back a little bit. Yeah. You know, you can, so, you can reclaim territory. Uh, uh, agreed. The brain is neuroplastic and you can, gr- you can grow new neuronal pathways Here's the trick, and this is really interesting that I've been thinking a lot for my own life, which is how do you put yourself in as many new environments as possible? Going back to how we age again, one of the ways we age is we start hanging out with the same people, we watch the same shows, we eat the same food, we live in the same house, um, and all of a sudden what we don't realize is that's creating one circuit of neurons and the other circuits go offline. So if we could keep learning something new, putting, meeting new friends, putting ourselves into new environments. I, I was just in Europe for four weeks and it was like to even figure out how to turn the light on in the room, (laughs) took new neuronal connections. It was like, oh, we have to put the key in. And then we were in three different countries and we're pulling out like, which is the, the plug that we use like every day 
felt like this new experience. But I'll tell you, when I came back, I was like, wow, like I feel like my brain is brighter in the sense Mm -hmm. that I'm able to hold on to information differently because I'm sure I created all kinds of new neuronal pathways. Yeah, That's what we all should be doing as we age. Well, go do new things, pick up a new hobby. Yeah. You know, if you've been doing one kind of exercise your whole life, do something different. Like do it different. I I yeah. do think I think, you know, I love where this conversation's gone because so often podcasts are about a new gadget or they're about a new supplement yes. or they're about a very scientific, heady, oh my God, this is crazy, you know, which is super awesome if you're a billionaire and the rest of us can watch. Right. right? Um, but bringing it back to the foundations. And even as you're going through menopause and your body is going through all these changes, acknowledging, embracing, and then being willing to change the things that you need to, to adapt, to move past it and through it, I think is really the message we have to, and, and supporting each other. Right. And, and so if your mom can't support you in that, because either she's not around or she didn't have the same shared experience, as a community of women, we have to kind of, you know, do it together. put our arms yeah. around each other and yeah. say, okay, let's do this. Like, yeah, we got this. And, the, and, and this is why, I mean, one of my personal um, creeds right now is that not only do we have to come together, but we need to share our experiences with each yeah. other so that we can normalize it. Um, this is one reason I'm not a fan and, and this isn't an anti-men thing, but I don't know what it's like to have an erection. So mm-hmm. I, you will never, ever find me talking about a male erection. I, I don't know that, that feeling. So it baffles me when men are talking about <laughs> the menopause experience. We need more women rising up and talking about it because it's different to take the information in and know it for yourself and then teach others how to apply it. And you don't have to be a doctor. You can be a woman who, you know, gathered a community and felt better or a woman like you're the, like the, the cleaning angel. I love how you said that, (laughs) who all of a sudden realized that bleach was causing major problems. Now, if she goes and shares that now we are, we are amplifying the message. And so those of you listening, like, as you listen to this, apply it, share it, share the podcast out if you feel moved to, but let's, let's come at this aging over 40 is what I call it after 40 together. And let's open up the conversation so we can all start to learn. And the conversation cannot be built around your only resource is a medication or something very expensive. It has to be built around fasting and variation of food and getting the harmful chemicals out and putting yourself in new environments. I mean, I found some really cool things about breath work and the power of nature. There's so many free resources we can do. We just have to educate ourselves on it and then talk with each other about it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Shared experience is is a powerful, powerful medicine, right? Um, Yeah, It's funny, as you're talking, I'm trying to think because it's been a while since I, I, you know, journeyed through my transition of menopause. And actually, as I think about it now, ironically for me, I was in school. I had gone back ah. to school. And when you talk about creating new neuronal pathways. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> holy jumping. That's awesome. Um, but I talk mean, about was, cortisol spikes. Oh, no. Like I, it was, it was, it was great and not so great at the same time. I learned about adrenal, I don't know if we can call it fatigue, but pushing my adrenals to their limit. I learned about yeah. it firsthand in that yeah. year. It was, uh, yeah. it was pretty intense, but it's, it's how we learn. Right. And so as we're talking to somebody else who might be going through a similar experience to be able to say, I went through that and here's, you know, or asking a few questions to find out, is this their journey as well? I think is, is really, is really powerful. And um, yeah, I just love that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I would agree. And I, free. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to include, invite everybody to open up the conversation. I mean, I, in, in writing this new book, there are some scary statistics, like, you know, 90% of women don't feel comfortable talking about their menopause symptoms with their coworkers be for fear that they'll be considered weak. Um, and okay, well, we got to change that, you know, like there, we just haven't there. I call it a, a cultural hush 
Like we just haven't been willing to talk about it. And now it's starting to be talked about. I actually just found out from my literary agent that um, there's 700 books about menopause that are are in contract right now that are set to come out. So the world is waking up, but now we're going to see the wild, wild west. And we're going to see a lot of conversation around, should you do HRT bioidenticals? And what I'm trying to shed is don't forget lifestyle. Whatever you do, don't forget lifestyle and don't forget the things that are free. And if you are conscious of the, the, the lifestyle you're creating as you go through menopause, as you're on the other side of menopause, then you can literally be immune of all of these menopausal symptoms and diseases that occur afterwards. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mindy. And, My you know, pleasure. See, I love see it. when we were in Sarasota, by the time Mindy was done her talk, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so hope thanks. everybody's like that because we can, we, you know, we, we, there's so much we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that's what, you know, if you're overwhelmed after a conversation, like go back and listen to it again. Um, you know, talk again, we got to talk about it, research it, pick one thing to do. But what I'm concerned about is the woman who's sitting and suffering and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. We have to reach her. A hundred percent. So Mindy, how do people reach you? How do they learn more about your work? How do they access? You've got some incredible programs, amazing books. Uh, Why don't we point them to some of your beautiful resources? Thank you. Well, if you want to know the life, the five lifestyle changes, it's called the menopause reset. You can find it on wherever books are sold. Amazon is the most common spot. Uh, the fast, like a girl has been a wild success and it's really about how do you vary your fast and your foods to your hormones. And that's for all ages. Um, if you want to like p- apply this, we do have a membership academy where we practice different fasts. We work out together. We have discussions like this. So if you want to join us over there, there's always that option. And then I always say that my passion project is actually my YouTube channel. Um, I'm now, I'm now doing five new videos a week, so you can go over there and (laughs) pretty much any symptom you want to, you want to attack is uh, I've, I've done a video on it. So that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Mindy, you're a rock star. That's just incredible. Well, (laughs) thank thank you. you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. It's always a gift to spend time with you. And, uh, I think we get to see each other in a few weeks. So yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be in the past, but we are looking Ah, forward to it. (laughs) We're going to see each other. It's funny because uh, in the morning I wake up and I look at my podcast schedule and you gave me a little dopamine hit when I saw you (laughs) on my schedule. I was like, oh my God, I get to talk to Natalie today. So thank you for this conversation as well. My absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. Before we wrap up today's episode, I'd love to invite you to sign up for my newsletter. Each week, I share my biggest key takeaways from that week's podcast episode, giving you insight into how to take action on what you learned in the interview. Plus, I share the biohacks I'm loving that week and why, as well as facts and tips about peptides for longevity. To join the newsletter, head over to natalienidham.com forward slash newsletter to get access now or find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in to today's episode. I wish you all the best this week in biohacking your superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.